Welcome back in to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Uh, listen, I don't Welcome know what to tell you guys. We haven't had Shirts three people Dynasty on the show in three weeks now. <laughs> this is the new norm, apparently. Um, I can't wait to get Matt back Matt. to normal. I know. I, I miss the trio, the three musketeers. We had bets on the last show after he got back from wedding life and John was unable to make it. Now, bets, it's super late for bets. We had a company meeting for Ball Blast and he's not able to stay on. So, it's just me and John again, which... Listen, guys, we promised you the two-hour show two shows ago. And then Buckle up, John buttercup. Gone. Let's go. Bets and I came, came <laughs> cut it to an hour and five minutes. Maybe this is the one. Uh, probably not, because we're talking about the AFC East. Wow. Yes. What an interesting division. Very not necessarily for the best ways. Uh, we'll get into that in, in a second. Really quickly, not super formal news segment, but just a couple COVID-related things to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL came out and, uh, and kind of gave it. My uh, my NFL 100 football is on the run. <laughs> Only the YouTubers can understand. One um, percent of yeah. testing, it looks like, has returned positive, which is negative. Not going to go on a Trump rant here, but you get my point. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, I think they're saying that that is under what they were expecting. The original NFLPA agreement uh, with the league, the threshold was at five percent that they would continue to do daily testing. So that's kind of the threshold that they were kind of looking at for stuff, and it came in well under that, which is fantastic. Um, Hard Knocks showed a little bit of that life and and what that's like inside inside the facilities in their first episode in terms of social distancing and a ton of staff all over the place scrubbing stuff down all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic that if they can take the right precautions that I think we're going to be okay. So we'll see. College football. Yeah. On the other hand. Not so much. No. No, it hurts. Uh, yeah. What are we expecting overall? Would you say? Yeah. So basically, um, for our listeners, if they're not aware, the big 10, uh, came out and said that they are canceling all sports, not just football, all sports through the end of the calendar year. Uh, The Pac-12, who is kind of the Big Ten's running mate, they always meet up in the Rose Bowl every year, um, quickly followed the next day with with the same same ruling. Um, It seems like the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC are all being like, well, that's great for you guys. Enjoy it, but we're still going to play. Um, I don't know. It's it's a mess. It's a cluster. I mean, trying to navigate this is incredibly difficult. The The NFL has, you know, 32 teams to, to deal with and manage and, and the players associated. The NCAA has like... I don't, I don't even know what the number is. I think it's like 1,600 schools across the different divisions. Like, this is just D1 that we're talking about, let alone division divisions down below. You've got the NCAA involved, and then each conference has their own governing body, and all the players, players want to play. Some schools think it's safer for them to be at the school because of the rigorous safety precautions that they're going to be taking for their students than it would be to send them back home to their communities. It's a mess. I don't know what this is going to look like. 
I'm it's, which it's weird. for fantasy is and for dynasty fantasy in particular yeah. is a big deal because it means there's going to be a lot of players that we don't see in what would be their final year before potentially entering the draft. Yeah. I so, mean I mean Fields arguably a top 2 quarterback in next year's draft is in the Big 10. He's not, you know, their season's been been canceled. So it's going to be weird. I mean, there's going to be talk about workout videos on Twitter. These guys are yeah. going to be putting out so much. It's going to be it's going to be tough to analyze. You know, uh Daniel Jeremiah tweeted about the combine being super important yeah. this year because we won't have seen these guys on the field. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting scouting players next year. So we will do our very best to give you the best possible since uh, it's going to be harder for most people to do so. Right. So stay subscribed to the Retro's Dynasty podcast, or if you haven't done so yet, do so now. And while you're at it, by the way, subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast. Excellent stuff going on in there, including, by the way, in certain tiers, merchandise discounts, which I don't know if I'm quite at liberty to say this, John, ah, go but for it. the merchandise the merchandise is happening. It is in the works at right now as we speak, part of our business call before this uh, podcast recording. It's going to be coming to your front doorstep very soon, and hopefully, it is because the, the logos oh, are just so spicy. The artwork. So choice. Listen, so I mean, look at look at this thing up here, yeah, yeah. and just imagine that, but even cooler, and on a t-shirt or maybe other items Ooh. from which you drink fluids. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the stuff going on at Ball Blast, BallBlastFootball.com. By the way, lots of cool articles going on there, so check that out as well. And obviously, check out our socials at RetroTFPod. Get in the YouTube, by the way. Ooh, get in subscribe. the YouTube. Subscribe there because um, yeah. Kate and Betts uh, put together a little thing, and we're going to be pushing more content there, some short videos, more, you know, succinct Quick little discussion. snippets and discussions and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So all kinds of good stuff across all the platforms. Make sure you you hop on the YouTube. Yeah. Wherever you like to get your stuff, we're probably there, except TikTok. We, we don't have a TikTok, John. Which might be banned. So <laughs> <laughs> True. So there you go. We're fine. All right. Let's get into the AFC East. Yes, a a curious division. I would say for fantasy and the NFL now with Tom Brady gone. Yeah. Is there a potential changing of the guard finally going to happen here? Yes. A lot of people believe so. We will find out. But for fantasy, let's kick it off with the Buffalo Bills. Uh-huh. The not they're not the favorite from a betting standpoint. I do not believe yet. No, they're the Patriots not. still are. I don't think so. Huh. Uh, we might have to ask bets about that, or maybe you can find out. I don't know. I'm I'll, not allowed to I'll, bet on football because I work for the NFL, so I don't have really have a clue. And, and I'm not allowed to because it's not legal in Arizona. So there you go. I'll We're look hopeless. It up. But I will look it up. Bill Bill Belichick plus if Cam Newton is apparently going to be the quarterback, people certainly seem to believe he can carry the team to the playoffs again. But let's start with the Bills. Ah, man, mm-hmm. any position besides quarterback, and it is a crapshoot. Like a, a hands in the air, all of these guys are maybe something, but not super attractive. So let's just start with the quarterback where we at least know we have something. Josh before, Allen. Before we dive in on Josh Allen, the Patriots yes. are, are plus 100 favorites to win. Uh-huh. Bills are 140. So it's, <laughs> it is close. That is close. It is very, okay. very close right now. So technically not, but it's getting real close. Um, a lot of that is thanks to maybe Josh Allen. Probably not so much, but maybe. 
listen, he's not necessarily the greatest NFL quarterback. Okay. He doesn't, he's not very accurate. Hopefully he's going to get a little better. None of that really matters for fantasy because he runs yes. a lot. Mm-hmm. He is what Cam Newton used to be, the guy, the big rushing quarterback who can score touchdowns reliably. You can actually count on six, seven, eight rushing touchdowns, which is not typical. Do you think he's going to take another step forward in the passing game to where he can be an elite QB1? Or do you kind of just see him in the mid-range QB1 area for most of his Uh, dynasty career? I I do like what Stephon Diggs uh, brings to the table for him. Um, It gives him the best receiver that he's worked with yet. Um, in his NFL career. Um, no question. No question about it. Diggs, from a talent standpoint, is incredible. Great route runner. But I don't know that that matters as much with an inaccurate quarterback. But I think it might help him. You know, we might see that completion percentage uh, take another step forward just by having the hands of Stefan Diggs there to work with. Um, Diggs is also good, you know, uh, good for the deep ball, stuff like that. It, with this addition, though, He's still a mid-range QB1. I I don't think that he has the passing acumen or the absolutely out-of-this-world elite rushing ability of a Lamar Jackson um, to be able to kind of make his way into the top four. I I don't see him kind of getting into that range. Um, But with Stephon Diggs, that's nice. That's a good addition. Young tight end Dawson Knox take a step forward. Um, Smokey Brown still there doing his thing. Uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss provides a interesting backfield. Um, that's a good word for it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, it'll make you pay attention. We'll put it that way. But, and then his rushing ability is fantastic as well. I mean, I have no question in my mind that he's going to be somewhere between five to 600 rushing yards and, and six to eight touchdowns on the ground this year, which gives him such an incredible boost in the rankings. So yeah. somewhere between five and eight is probably where I'd slot him in. Okay. I think that's probably fair. I have him for five sixty two and eight on the ground. So right in that range you just mentioned. I do have him taking a step forward in the passing game. Uh I have him going for a career high in passing yards this year and a career career high in passing touchdowns. Yeah. And I think that that continues to progress for him. So from a dynasty standpoint, I really like him. I might even consider him a buy. I, I think One of the main reasons for that is just the fact they go out and get Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have spent that money shoring up their defense. They could have spent that money getting a true RB1 instead of just trying to draft one in the middle rounds uh, because we know they want to be a, kind of a run-first team. But they didn't. They went out and got a route-running savant wide receiver who can be, I believe, a true wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. I think they did that because they know you have to be able to pass to win in today's NFL. That's just simply the way it is. Like, you can make it all the way to the Super Bowl running the 49ers system. And by the way, they they could pass a little bit. Like, Jimmy G, George Kittle, that's still a better passing game than the Bills have had recently. But but when you come up against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. You have to have a good passing game to win in this league now. So I think they recognize that. I think they went out and got digs for that reason. Yeah. And I think that Josh Allen can take another step forward. So I don't I, I don't know if I really see him ever getting into that elite tier, like with the Lamars, the Mahomeses, the Dax, and the Kylers even. Right. But I can see him being just outside of that tier for a long period of time. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's going to be someone that for a long time will be a mid-range safe quarterback one that his rushing ability is going to give you week to week safety on a floor standpoint 
Um, easy. Easy. So that's great. I mean, you love to have that. If he has a bad passing game, but still puts up 80... When. Oh, oh. When he has a bad passing game. Right. When he has a bad passing game, but, yes. but he still gives you 80 yards on the ground and a rushing score. That's going to help that that safety. Like, it's going to keep that mm-hmm. from, you know, him giving you a three-point clunker like Jared Goff against San Francisco last year. So... Mm, doo-doo. I just can't let go of that. Never can. Um, but I do agree. I think that he's going to be taking a step forward. I agree with you about needing to have the passing game in the, the NFL. Um, and they also recognize that their division has very, very good secondary play across the board. Well, not the Jets anymore, especially after trading That's Jamal true. Adams gotten rid of their to good secondary. Seattle. Um, but other than that, I mean, the Patriots secondary stacked. Miami has a very good secondary as well. They know that they need to have a good passing game in that division, and Stephon Diggs is a big boost to that. All right, so let's let's touch on the the receivers end since we're talking about it. We've t- we've we've touched on Diggs quite a bit. Yeah. We both think he's elite at what he does. He's very talented. Never fully hit the ceiling, maybe that he could have in Minnesota. Whether that was because of some injuries in certain seasons where he didn't play the full season or because because Adam Thielen was there right. hogging targets. Now he is, I would say, the clear one in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They may not be throwing that much less in Minnesota in recent years, who also kind of wanted to run first. Do you see him having wide receiver one upside for Dynasty? Uh, the upside is there. Um... But I but don't. Not likely. But not likely. I I can't get him there. I, I I just can't because of the volume alone and because of the accuracy issues from from Josh Allen. To me, he's a wide receiver too, and he's gonna give you some safe numbers. You okay over there? Your your personal belongings are just yeah making a all run my, for all it my, tonight. All of the decorations <laughs> in the background of my YouTube shot are falling just, apart. Bah, 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 it's fine. Bah. Um. No, I think I agree with you. Listen, as much as I like Josh Allen, especially for fantasy, and I just said that I think he can take a step forward passing, I don't know if he can take enough of a step forward as Stephon Diggs is a wide receiver one. Right. That being said, I think he could be a fringe guy, like a top 15 guy, for a number of years. I think that's that's, pretty nice. I think that's possible, but for redraft purposes alone, I'm fading wide receivers changing teams this year in a big way. True. Because it's a weird offseason. Getting on sync with the quarterback is going to be tough. No preseason, so stuff are, like that. Uh, does that mean you're trying to buy maybe midway through or after this season on Stefan Diggs? Yeah, I think that his outlook for 2021 is going to be better than this year. Um, I think that this okay. is going to be a down year for him. I have him ranked like as my that. wide receiver 22. Um, there's just so many guys in that tier that we've talked about in the past that we like. So I think that he has a down season this year where he'll be a fine wide receiver too. Might give you a few really big boom weeks, but might have a few real clunkers um, in that offense. So I think 2021 outlook for Stephon Diggs is better than this year. I like it. After Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, and a bunch of crap. And Smoky. To, be, to, to even include Cole Beasley in the not bunch of crap yes. is... Probably That's a stretch. <laughs> a stretch. Because uh, yeah, he he's if you're in a PPR league and you're starting you're starting three wide receivers and you have three flexes, maybe Cole Beasley is getting into a starting lineup. Every I don't now even and again. think he is. I don't okay. I don't think well, then, oh, wait, if you're starting out of my face, if Cole you're Beasley. starting eleven players, I still don't think that Cole Beasley makes your roster. 
Then let's talk about John Brown. Please. Ownable for sure. Love him. Startable. Yeah. As a flex? I think so. I I think that the benefit to having a Stephon Diggs on the other side is going to be great for him because he was the one last year in that offense. And he produced really well. He was a solid wide receiver too, pretty much week in and week out. Had some massive games too. Like against Dallas had like 140 yards and two touchdowns. And I really like, honestly, what having Diggs does for John Brown. Because with their run game, the play action they can set up, and then the fact that they have a true one who demands a true one corner, or maybe even a double team in Diggs, I think that gives John Brown so much room to do what he does best, which is take the top off of a defense and score three, four, five long touchdowns this year. So, and beyond. Um, I, I actually do not have him projected for much less than Stephon Diggs this year. I think he's a great value. I mean... You're getting him in the what ninth late? Du- yeah, I was going to say almost double digit startup probably rounds. Yeah, and you can probably get him for a mid second. Oh late yeah, second even. No, I think that, that would mid second. People are going to yeah, fade him because of the that. age and because of having Stefan Diggs there, but he's gonna. I mean, it is perfectly set up for what he does best now: having Stefan Diggs on the other side, yeah. having the run game, the play action, like you just mentioned. That's perfect for Smokey. To take the top off a of defense. He doesn't have to go against the elite corners anymore. The defense is going to be queuing in on stopping Stefan Diggs every single week. And and just leaving him available to I think that I think that he might have more receptions than Stefan Diggs this year. Really? I think that's possible. I I could easily see him having more yards and touchdowns. I have him right behind Diggs in both. I think I would give Diggs the edge in receptions pretty easily, but I think they could be closer in fantasy points than people think. I think so, too. And they're being separated by, like, seven rounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. give me, Way too, give me yeah. John Brown on every roster. Um, Running backs? Good gracious. Yikes. Devin Singletary, uh, I was a big fan. You were? Uh, of him coming out of college, and I was a big fan of him going into this season, and I still am a decent fan of him, I would say, relative to consensus. But it, them drafting Zach Moss just puts a ceiling on Devin Singletary. I, I think it means he can't break into RB1 territory, Absolutely. and it's going to hold him in between like the 15 to 20 territory at best. Do you even see him there, or is he like an RB three for you in Dynasty? He's like an RB three, man. Like I, I, I don't, I don't see it. Um, we saw the usage rates early in the season last year when they had uh, old man Frank Gore that really wasn't producing hardly anything on the ground. They still kept giving him the ball. Now they bring in Zach Moss, who I'm not high on either, but at least he's younger and has maybe a little bit more gas in the tank. Um, I, I just don't I don't want, especially in redraft, anything to do with this backfield this year um, from a dynasty standpoint. Like, I, I hate to see it because I did like Devin Singletary, what we saw from him a little bit last year once Frank Gore kind of went away and he got more opportunity. It was like, okay, there might be something there for, for him a dynasty standpoint. I think at this point he's kind of just a guy. I kind of think he's going to fade away. Mm. I, I don't see a whole lot of long-term value um, from Devin Singletary. He's going to be wrapped up in committee life. For his NFL career, um, I don't project him to have a long NFL career. 
I think he's going to be around and be fantasy relevant for maybe about three to four years tops and as like a flex play. And that's probably going to be about what I see him as. Probably a hold for Dynasty? Yeah, you, I, I wouldn't sell him um, because his value is as low as it's ever been right now. So I would just hold him, see what happens. Maybe Zach Moss is just absolute trash. He is. And maybe huh. Devin Singletary gets more run than people are expecting. So I, I would just hold and see what happens at this point on Devin Singletary. Agree. Um, at tight end, you got Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hype around Dawson Knox. There is a lot. Is it deserved? I like him. Um, I think he's athletic. I think he's good after the catch. We saw some flashes last year. Um, he's one of those guys for me that's kind of in that tier of young tight ends that could you we've talked a lot the Johnny Smith or the Smith Johnny tier. Smith that all the all those guys that are young we need a name for that tier we do we need to think on that and come up with a name like the could bees or something yeah we'll we'll do something much more creative than the could bees I promise um yeah but he's one of those guys that you just are kind of holding on to and waiting to see if he kind of develops and takes another step forward. He was an angry runs favorite last year, absolutely destroyed a defender, and Kyle Brandt lost his freaking mind. It was fantastic. Um, so I, I do like him. I, I like the mentality that he brings. He's very physical. He's a decent blocker, too, if I remember correctly. Um, and he's good after the catch. So that's something. He could have a little bit of a, a coming out party this year, a little bit in that offense. I'd, now, I'd be interested. if you have him in the tier with those guys, are those all guys you could see being in the like top eight, but not the top three within a couple years? Or do you think that it's a, those names could be in the top three at some Irv point? Irv Smith Jr. I think could be in the top three. I think okay, that but he's... But maybe not these other... other Maybe not Dawson Knox, for example. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that he okay. has that kind of upside, but he could be yeah. a safe... I agree. I kind of feel like I see him more like a Jared Cook. Yeah. Yeah. Than a George Kittle or even Mike Kosicki. Irv Smith Jr. Speaking of Mike Kosicki. everywhere. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. Uh, Let's go to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, speaking of. We're going in alphabetical order today. Speaking of. And you know what? We'll just start start with Mike Kosicki. Let's do it. Why not? Sure. Uh, Listen. I freaking love Mike Kosicki. You sure do. We talked about this on our last podcast. I don't have any idea why, because we were talking about the interesting some other division, the NFC no- AFC North. I don't know. Yeah, AFC you North. AFC Betts North. And I. Yep. So I don't know why Mike Gesicki came up, but Odd. I sent a tweet that many of you probably saw that said Mike Gesicki will be the tight end three by this time next year. Whew. At me. At me. And listen, is it a hot take? Yes. Is it a bit of a hyperbole? Yes. But I actually, I actually believe that this is very, very realistic, and that the point of the uh, the statement, which is "Go get Mike Kosicki now; he is going to be great for fantasy," remains and is there. Which is, listen, this guy is an athletic beast. He is going to get a lot of targets on a team that does not have much in the receiving core. Like if if Devontae Parker's breakout continues, which I don't think is guaranteed. Because I'm a I'm a Parker truther, by the way. But it took him six years to break that out. Prototypical sixty year breakout. Yeah. Man. 
the chance that it was a fluke season and that he disappears is actually realistic. And then you're looking at Preston Williams, who's a half-season, flash-in-the-pan, I believe, undrafted guy who's coming off a torn ACL. Like, there is a realistic scenario where Mike Kosicki leads his team in target. Yeah. Mike... This year and so multiple So, we've years. talked a lot about young tight ends. They take a few years, generally, to make a splash, right? Well, his mm-hmm. last season in college was in 2017 for Penn State, where he was a stretch-the-field tight end and was very good in the receiving game, yeah. very good in the jump ball, very good in the red zone, Yep. with a trash quarterback. <laughs> that offense that <laughs> offense had Chris Godwin, Mike Gusecki, and yep. Saquon Barkley in that offense. Whew. With like nobody at quarterback, I, I that's that's yeah. a hell of a, a, a team. But with with the holdouts that are happening in the receiver room there this year, Mike is like now is the time, dude. Like now's your chance to break out in a big way. He's three years in. It's it's time. It's time for him to come in. Now I'm interested to see when the quarterback change happens, which we'll get to, and how that's going to impact mm-hmm. him. But I do yeah. think that this is a big breakout season for Mike Gusecki. He's right there on that fringe. It's it's time. The target share should be there. If you're if you're hurting at tight end, are you willing to offer a first? Oh man. Um I'm not. And one of the reasons why I'm not is because of the whole COVID situation. I, I think we're we're gonna take a little detour here, but with everything that's going on right now, the Big Ten calling it, the Pac-12 calling it, um, you've got some other players that are deciding to not play this season because of the COVID situation. I think that we are going to have an influx of top-tier talent in the 2021 NFL draft from players that are looking at the NCAA or looking at their conferences and going, you know what, I trust the NFL to handle it better than college football. Hmm. And, and there might be some more top-tier guys that decide to kind of be like, all right, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. We're just we're just going to go for it this season. So there might be it. And all it takes is an extra few to, to tip the scale on the value of those rookie picks. First. So yeah. I think that the rookie picks, the first-rounders in particular, and even seconds, are going to be pretty spicy next year. So I'm trying to acquire as many of those as I can. Um, I would give a second for Gasicki, and I think that that might get it done right now. Um, I don't know that you'd have to give up a first for a tight end that hasn't broken out yet. So if I can get... That's actually... Yeah, that's probably a pretty fair point. And, yeah. the you know, the number that, or the, the, the round that comes to my mind is a first because I would do it, but you probably don't need to, so... Go out and offer a second sure. for him, even a mid-second. I'd take that all day long. I'd give a second and for Gasicki. Yeah, you're you're probably going to get him. So and do it because he good. Uh, let's t- let's touch on the quarterbacks because you yep. brought it up. We assume that Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start the season. Given yeah. Tua's coming off of injury, in which by the way, all the reports have been super positive. But given that, plus COVID, plus the fact that the Dolphins are absolute trash and have no chance of winning the True. division. I'm leaning towards Tua does not play this season or he starts like one or two games at the end of the year like uh, uh, like Patrick Mahomes did just for them to see like, okay, Tua, what what, what, what do you got? What, what can you do for us? Um, 
Do you see it differently? Do you think he starts sooner? I think it's sooner than that. I think they might give him like four to six weeks at the back half of the season. Oh, okay, like not okay. early, like not starting yeah, in yeah, week yeah. four, but Got week it. 10 through 12, somewhere along that range, I could see them getting him on the field, getting him some reps, you know, seeing what chemistry he has with the skill position players out there. Um, and then move forward in, into 2021. But because I think this is a situation that could happen mid-season instead of like right at the mm-hmm. end, I don't want either of those quarterbacks for this year. Obviously, Tua is a big dynasty Agree. asset, 100%. But I'm not counting is on Is he it. your number one for he this is. class? Yeah. Okay, so for all three of us at Red Shirts, Tua is number one over Burrow, which I think is... Somewhat anti-consensus. Yeah, both the uh, Ball Blast girls, Kate and Michelle, have Burrow as their as their one. Since we don't necessarily see him doing much this year, let's talk just purely in the sure. future. What do you think is Tua's ceiling? Very good. Um, <laughs> I think that he has. I think he's got a high ceiling. Um, throws a Kyler Murray. Yeah, I I think that that's there. Um, Throws a really pretty ball. He doesn't have the best arm strength, but we've seen in the past quarterbacks be incredibly productive without super strong, like Drew Brees. We've seen... He gets a lot of Drew Brees comparisons. I was just going to bring that up. Super accurate. Great pocket presence. Knowing how to manipulate the pocket, read a defense, manipulate defenders with your eyes, go through your progressions well, and deliver an accurate pass is more Im- more important than having a Josh Allen arm. Correct. Completely. As evidenced by the players who are the top of the dynasty ranks. Yes. They they all can pass. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so we both agree to high upside. I w- I would say I would put him in like the Deshaun Watson Dak Prescott kind of maybe he doesn't ever get to top two, which I think is even possible. But just from a realistic projection, I see him getting in that range in this in the top six or so for a large chunk. I of his could career. see him getting to the three to six by yeah. like twenty twenty two. I like it. I could see him being the Russell Wilson of the next could 10 happen. Years. It. That guy who hangs in that it, region. It's entirely possible. And I want that guy. And carries his team. Uh, yeah, I absolutely want that guy. <laughs> Unlimited. Um, <laughs> what I don't want are his running backs. Oh, oh please man. no. Gosh darn it, Russell. That should have been in Unlimited. our news section. What the heck? Unlimited. From 2018, by um, the way. That was two years ago, and all of a sudden, it I don't know just how it should have stayed popped. in the draft. It just it's it's back. I don't know why it came it's out. Back all of a sudden for no reason. Um, just as bad as Mr. Unlimited videos <laughs> uh, is the Miami Dolphins running back situation. Oh boy, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Miles Gaskin. Okay, so before you go on a rampage talking about how terrible it is, I actually think that Jordan Howard. Yes. Is a screaming value this year. That, okay. From a value standpoint, I don't deny that I actually Howard and Breed are interesting. Yes. Because because they're getting valued at utter poop, which, to be fair, they kind of are, but they're kind of polished turd <laughs> rather than like just right on the side of the road in the Arizona oh, heat. Don't talk to me about that. I think both of these guys could be shiny. Did you ever watch the. Uh, 
Mythbusters episode where they tried to polish a turd. Oh my gosh, I have not. I gotta go find it. Yeah. This they they did a whole series where they like tried to debunk uh random sayings and idioms. I love like it. and so Rest they said, in peace, Granny you know, Mahara, of, by the way. Oh, oh. facts. They tried to polish a turd and they kind of succeeded. I can't Anyways, wait. the point is both of these guys listen, even potentially both of these guys could be values. Uh, if if neither of them is a true RB one, but if either of them it takes the lead in this backfield, they're going to be at absolute, as you said, screaming value because they are worth nothing right now. However, do you see a realistic possibility where one of these guys is the RB one for the Dolphins? I think it's Jordan Howard um, for this year, and then there's a right. very good chance that well, I thought they'd take a running back this year high, and 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 they did right. Um, so they're going to be addressing that situation quickly. The 2017 draft class is all coming up on needing new contracts. Some of them are going to be changing teams. I could see them going out and Mm. getting one of those guys. Um, if they Mm -hmm. don't do that, I think in the 2021 draft in the top three rounds, they're taking a running back. Yeah. So I think maybe what we're saying is if you've got a bunch of picks to throw at a team and you're going for a championship, But you just need that like that flex running back piece or that backup guy to shore up your depth. Either of these guys are interesting to me. You seem like you strongly prefer Howard. I think Breida could also be valuable. I think he's more likely to be the better pass catcher, which is not hard to do because Jordan Howard's kind of due to it catching passes. Um, And this team is probably going to trail. So, like, I could actually see sort of a David Montgomery tie, uh, tie Tariq Cohen sort of. You just went Ty Montgomery. That's that's what just yes, happened coming off the David Montgomery. That is what I did. Wild, <laughs> uh, the human brain. Um, so I, listen, like I'll, I'll throw a third or a fourth. Sure. You know, you probably don't even need a third for Brita no. for sure. So maybe a third for Howard or a fourth for Brita. Maybe I do both yeah. and just get myself some security running I, I think running there's back. a really good chance that Jordan Howard, uh, he's far and away the early down runner on this team to me. So yeah, I agree yes, that Brita. Brenda um, has a has a Brenda super efficient super efficient Brita, by the way. super efficient. He doesn't need that many carries. He really doesn't. He's good at pass catching as well. But I'll take the touchdown yeah. upside um, from Jay True. Howe. And if anyone's going to score, he's you know what he's going to be. Gonna be he's going to be like last year's Carlos Hyde in Houston, where it's ugly and you don't love it. Yep. But there's a really good chance he's going to get you a thousand yards and six touchdowns. I could like, see it. It's very possible that that happens. Um. All right. Let's finish it up for Miami with the wide receivers. Yikes. We touched on them briefly. Devontae Parker. What on earth, man? What? What? What are we doing oh, with Devontae man. Parker? Is he a guy who you buy the breakout with and you say, oh, my goodness, this former first round pick, 14th overall, in, in finally is what we thought he could be. Yeah, yeah, shoot. pretty much. Twelve hundred yards and nine touchdowns last year. In case anybody needed a, a refresher on just how good what his breakout was. The hell. Yeah, <laughs> At, I mean that was like the 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 combined numbers from his previous oh four gosh, seasons, really pretty was. much. So, and there's nothing else behind him. They've had multiple opt outs this year. Is he a wide receiver two for you for Dynasty, or are you selling it while you can? I am kind of in. Cautiously. 
I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. Um, what he did last year was absurd. Um, I mean, a, a six-year breakout. Come on. Like, what are we even... 1,200 yards in your sixth season with doo-doo butter before that is just absolutely insane. It doesn't happen. But people have been calling for the breakout for like four or five years. Like it's, it, yep. I was yeah, one of those everyone's people. been like, he has the skills. He, maybe it was just a maturity thing. Maybe he just needed to get his head on right and start putting in the work. Well, and, and I'll tell you what it was. It was an Adam. Gase it was an thing. Adam Gase thing. And now Adam Gase is gone. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Freaking and Adam all of Gase. a sudden, Devonte Parker, uh, Tannehill with Tennessee, um, Mm. freaking Kenyon Drake with Arizona all of his former yep. players <laughs> are we seeing a trend here breaking out because Adam Gase is no longer their coach so I do believe that the Adam Gase effect is real I think that yes, I think that they've got good coaching there now um, Flores I think is fantastic um, just so great and I, I do think that he continues to produce all the holdouts this year are going to give him a great opportunity to continue to solidify. So coming off of a yeah. fantastic season, he's going to have the Fitz magic again for the early part of, of next year. Um, I think that Fitz magic is going to target him early and often. He's going to be like, mm-hmm. like so involved in that passing game. It's going to be him and Gasicki and that's it. Like that's going to be the entire yeah. passing game. So I think that he has a really good opportunity to continue to solidify himself, earn the trust of that franchise, get an extension, keep balling when when Tua gets the reins. It's a very weird scenario that we don't see happen very often or ever, but I think that it's real. I think that he's going to give you wide receiver two numbers this season and going to continue to produce now granted he's already been in the league so long that he doesn't have a whole lot of shelf life left but he could be relevant for the next three years i mean just through this conversation and reminding myself of the adam gase effect i am i am agreeing i'm in on Devonte parker he is very talented and by the way only 27 it's not like he's right. super old despite his many yeah, years he's got in, a few years left nfl yeah. Yeah, he's going to turn 28 at the end of this oh, season. He that means he's got this same, season and two or three more. He and my dad have the same birthday. I didn't know that. There you go. Right. Even more reason Even to more. love him. So, yeah, he's talented. I like him. He's going to get a lot of targets this year. I haven't redone my projections after the uh, Wilson and Hearns yeah. opt-outs. But he's. I think he goes up from last year, and he had 128 last year. So, I look, really like him. Preston Williams. Uh, very... Very interesting first half of last year. This is an undrafted guy out of Colorado State who, over the first half of last season, before uh, suffering an injury, eight games, 428 yards, and three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That is not bad. I mean, that's that's an 800-yard, six-touchdown season as an undrafted rookie. We're talking about Albert? uh, No, no, about Preston Preston Williams. Yeah. That's that is promising. Now the ACL doesn't help because it puts him maybe behind the eight ball for this year, but the opt outs maybe do help. So, what what is your temperature? Do you think on Preston Williams in Dynasty, and w- are you willing to go out and try to 
to grab him? Um, I am interested in acquiring Preston Williams. Um, that ACL, I think his value is is very low right now. But we did see some really good flashes. I, I think that this wide receiver core could be Preston Williams and Devontae Parker for the next couple of years. I, I think... And Mike Kosicki and tight, tight end and Tua quarterback? Yeah. I, I, think that, that's, that's I nice. think that they are liking what they have there. They didn't invest high in any of those other positions. Um, they went freaking defense like crazy this offseason. Um Miami's coming on, man. I I really like what they're doing down there, changing the culture around, shoring up the defense. They, man, the cojones to sit tight and know that Tua was going to fall to them and not have to pay the price to move up to one with Cleveland or or, or Cincinnati, rather, um, to not have to pay that price and go up and get the quarterback that you wanted and just be like, you know what? I'm looking at how the board's going to be and the teams that are there. And I just, I, I believe that Tua is going to fall to us. And, and to stick with that mentality, that is some serious balls. Like, that is a massive, massive move. Worked out great in their favor to sit tight, get him, uh, hold their other first-round picks, be able to, to help out the team in, in those regards as well. But I think that it's going to be Preston Williams at the two and Devontae Parker at the one for the next couple years. All right, that wraps up the Dolphins. That wraps up our first two teams. Quickly, before we get into the last two, Trophy Mm. Smack. Quick word from Trophy Smack. Listen, Listener League this year, it's going to happen. Yeah, it is. Get, yeah, review the podcast and the Ball Blast podcast uh, on your app of choice. Screenshot it, send it to us, and you might have a chance to get in the Listener League. And the reason you want to do that besides playing with us, which is pretty cool, and a bunch of other Ball Blast and Red Shirts listeners, is because Trophy Smack is supplying a bling ring for the winner of the Listener League. And listen, they will supply you a ring for free if you buy a trophy, too. Because all you have to do is go to trophysmack.com, buy a a trophy for your league or yourself if you won, buy a belt whatever you want to get, and then use our code, RedShirts, and you get a free ring. So you go out and get a trophy for your league, you get a free ring. Then you come join the Listener League, you win yourself a ring. Now you got a ring for each hand. You're well on your way to being Tom Brady. I mean, is there any more explanation needed? Let's go. Go to Trophy Smack. Do it. The trophies are awesome. Just, even if you don't don't want one, go look at Trophy Smack. Check out the trophy. It's just good. You'll want one, because... Mm, they're spicy. All right. Let's go on to a team that for fantasy is not spicy. Continuing in alphabetical order to the New England Patriots. <laughs> wow. What a hot mess. Um, Let's be super quick on this All team, right. John, because it's pretty hard not to be. Quarterback, do you believe in Cam Newton? As the dynasty quarterback of this team, yes. Dynasty, or no? like beyond this year, no. Yes. Me neither. Do you believe Jared Sidham is the dynasty quarterback of this team? No. Yes or no? Okay, I'm a little bit more hesitant to say no. I think Sidham can still be the man, but I don't think it's a lock at all. I think there's a very good chance they go out and get their quarterback next year uh, in the draft, and Cam Newton tank- is a shot at making it's the playoffs. It's Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. They're tanking. 
for one of those two guys. Uh, they, they, they can't lose that many games. Really? Well, the rest of this team they we're had, about to, to talk about, they, they might. eight players decide so, to opt out. Neither of these neither of these guys for Dynasty. Running backs. Sony yeah. Michelle on Pup. Pretty He's disappointing for a first-round pick especially. Any interest He's in Dynasty? Dead. He is dead. Okay. I don't really disagree. James White. Interesting. I'm, yes. I'm. In fact, let's just spend the entire <laughs> Patriots team talking about James White because I am out of control in on yes. James White, mainly for this year. So this is if you're yes. a contender, but he's got a, a maybe two or three years left, especially the kind of game he plays. It's not like he's Derrick Henry and going to be done at 29. You know, he's he's James White. He's a pass catcher, a third down back. He doesn't get smashed. He's shifty. I think he's going to play. He's going to be a. Uh, who was the Saints guy that a stocky Saints guy who played well into his older oh, age? It was Pierre Thomas. Yes. Um I think Pierre, Pierre Thomas, Thomas is who is, I'm thinking of. thinking of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think he'd be that kind of guy. I love it. Um but for but for this year, in a PPR dynasty right. league, he's going to destroy. Because there's nothing else. Be, the PPR is important. In standard, he's yes. going to be like outside the top thirty-five. In PPR, Probably. he's going to be like sixteen. Inside, yeah, I was going to say inside the top fifteen, yeah. maybe. It, the amount of targets and catches he's going to get is going to be insane. Yep. So, and and if Sony Michelle, by the way, starts on pup, he might even get a few more carries. He gets carries now and again. They like to throw him in on first down to throw teams off. I think I think James White has a chance at being a solid RB two to fringe RB1 Ooh. in PPR this year. So for the price you can get him, if you're trying to contend, go out and do it. Maybe more interesting in Dynasty for the long term is yes, Damian please. Harris. Can we just? Yes, please. Can we just? Uh, how excited are you on a scale of one to seven? <laughs> That's a very arbitrary <laughs> scale. Seven <laughs> is the number of Super Bowls the Patriots will have after oh, this year. Let's go! No, no get get no, out of here! Not really with that garbage. On a What's scale of one to seven, I'll put yes. it out of five. Okay, I that's pretty good. Like me some it above, is average. Average. Well um, above average. I like me some Damian Harris. I really liked him in college. He's an Alabama product. I like Alabama running backs generally. Um... He's just good. He didn't get run last year, which was weird to me. I thought that he would see the field mm. more than he did. Um, but they are definitely in a retooling. Um, I don't. I'm not aware offhand of Edelman's contract situation. Do you know? Uh, I believe he has two years left, but I can check. Is there a chance that they trade Julian Edelman? I don't know how much they're going to get for him, but I just, maybe. I, I, this is a big, a big changing of he the guard. signed through, through 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. This is a big changing of the guard in New England because Tom Brady's gone. Julian Edelman is up there. A lot of the defenders are up there mm -hmm. too. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of age on this team. Um, mm -hmm. Quite a bit of that age on the defensive side of the ball. Some of the most important players on that team decided to opt out. Because of COVID this year, New England Patriots playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers um, had eight players decide to opt out. I think that this is not going to be a great year for them. They're going to retool in 2021, get some of those defenders back and try to make a run at it. But 
they've got this young running back from Alabama that they invested in. I think he gets a shot at it, especially with Sony Michelle on pup. We need to talk about Lamar Miller being there also, but I think that they're going to mm-hmm. give Lamar Miller and Damian Harris a chance at the early down work. And whichever one of them is more productive, they're going to continue to stick with a majority of the time. And I think that it's going to be Damian Harris because I don't trust Lamar Miller as a like between the tackles Ooh. runner. He's okay at pass catching, but you have James White. So I think that Damian Harris is going to carve out an early down role in this backfield. I don't know if it's going to be super early in the season, um, but he's... Well, unless Sony Michelle starts a season on pub Which is entirely possible. Which is a possibility. You know, hey, we're going to give him a crack at it in the early part of the season. But I like Damian Harris. um, Yeah. A, a, a Alabama product with draft capital. Yeah, I'm, and by the way, to your point about contracts, James White, this is his last season on his contract as well. So all of the offensive pieces are going to be gone in the next couple of years, potentially, unless they re-sign them. Damien Harris, not a bad pass no, he's catcher. Fine at it. 22 catches in his, last, in his senior season at Alabama, and he was splitting time with yeah. Josh Jacobs. So... Uh, I believe that he could be the actual RB1 of the Patriots' future. And 5'11", 2'13", he's going to be the guy who's getting the goal line work, I believe, as well. And that has always been a valuable role in New England. Maybe a little bit less valuable without Tom Brady captaining this team. Freaking Garrett Blunt falling forward for double-digit touchdowns a couple years back. Yeah. So, I like this a lot. Um, I think the price on Damian Harris is probably going to be getting a little more expensive because of all of this. Yeah, I think it's probably a second, which I don't necessarily hate. I think he was kind of a high second as a rookie pick, or maybe even low first. He may have been going at a low first. Do you remember? I think he was going as yeah. a low first. Um, certainly before he was drafted, I know he was going up there. Because there was questions of even if it was him or Josh Jacobs who you wanted more fantasy before they yeah, got drafted. Yeah, people all of a sudden, I mean, Josh Jacobs is flying into the stratosphere, fringe first round and dynasty startup pick, and... People are forgetting that he split time with Damian Harris, who had more, more, mostly behind, behind more carries than Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I, I, I do like Damian Harris quite a bit, and I think you got to buy him right now because that price tag Agreed. is only going to go up this season. All right. At receiver, Julian Edelman is a 2020 piece. Yes. A great 2020 piece, in my opinion. Just like we just talked about with James White, I think he could be a fringe a wide receiver one in PPR as well, but there's no way he's outside the top 25 or so. In Dynasty, after that, we don't feel great, probably. He's very, I think he's 32. I think think he's going to turn 33. In any case, he's very old. Uh, Probably not a long-term play, but if you're trying to win this year, I love going after Julian Edelman. He's 34. It's a app... Yep, is he? May 22nd. Wow. He is 34 years old. Um, How did he get that old uh, that well, fast? I guess by playing punt returner for his first half of his career, we didn't know who he was. Time is a B. Um, uh, I blame Wes Walker. Yes, blame Wes. After Edelman, it's Nikhil yep. Harry and nothing else. Nikhil Harry himself is very, is interesting, very interesting. Because this is a guy, first round pick. Touted as a potential top two yes. rookie pick in his rookie class. Um, just a 
beast in college than did, oh my gosh, monstrosity. Then he did diddly squat as a rookie. Couldn't learn the playbook. Couldn't integrate into the Patriot system, which, to be fair, is a hard system to integrate into. At the very end of the year, he had a couple plays even. I wouldn't even say a couple games. But a couple plays where we were like, oh, that's why we like Nikhil Harry so much. But that's all we saw. So, in my opinion, I, I feel like Nikhil Harry is a buy right now. Because I feel like the people who, who drafted him, the, the drop-off from what they expected to what, what they got out of him was so big that even though they should be probably preaching patience and holding, I think that they might be willing to sell for a lower price than A, what they bought him at for sure, or what they drafted him at, B, what he's worth. Are you willing to go out and try to pursue Nikhil Harry, let's say, for a high yep. second or a mid-second? I am. And I, and do you think that can get him? I think that it does. Um, I think that a high to mid second gets it done um, because of the lack in production and people are just kind of scared in general of Patriot players. Um, there's just seemingly True. more uncertainty around it because they don't really care who the players are. They're going to scheme to win each game. Um, but he's very, very talented. I think that he continues to take a step forward this season, even though there's some questions at quarterback. But... Um, he's more of a long, I mean, he's definitely a long play. He's not a 2020 piece, but I'll buy him now. And I think that 2021, 2022, he'll be valuable. And I think that he ascends into a a talented receiver in the NFL, especially because there's going to be a new quarterback. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that we've been spoiled a little bit to think that the AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf rookie years is what we should expect out of these wide receivers. And that's simply not the case. We talk about the third-year wide receiver breakout and joke about the Devontae Parker fifth-year wide receiver breakout because that's what's more typical. Like, if Nikhil Harry does not too much this season and has 600 yards on 48 catches, uh, you know, it's not great. His value is going to go down even more probably, but I still probably wouldn't give up on him. Because there's still a chance with his talent, like at wide receiver, I want to I want to pursue yep. talent. I believe he has it. So I really like going and getting him now. If he still struggles this year, I would love to go get him then. And if you have him, I'm absolutely holding. I think we're on the same we page there. Tight end, we're going to completely skip unless you have any anything to say. There is absolutely uh, nothing. Devin Asiasi, maybe. They drafted Devin Asiasi. All right. I, sure. I, I think he's fine sure. at best. Okay, yep. we're moving on. <laughs> it's it's not pretty, guys. It's the Patriots. Listen, Bill Belichick and the defense are still going to win them some games. They're going to compete for the division. They're still the favorites. But for fantasy, it's James White and Sony Michelle, or James White and Julian Edelman, and yes. that's it. And maybe Damian Harris Agreed. is a dart. All right. Well, let's move on to the most exciting team in the division. Ha! Psych! That's the wrong number. Jets. 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 What we're really talking about here is the uh, 2021 first overall NFL draft pick, New York Jets, which uh, maybe they won't make it because I don't know if they're going to take a quarterback, which is the expected pick there. Maybe they trade out of it. So I think they're going to try to hold on to Sam, believe in Sam Darnold. Can they just freaking fire Adam? But Gase. I think they're going to earn Can they the just pick. Fire Adam. Gase, yes. Please. I don't understand. Like we always talk about how fantasy GMs would be actually good as, as real GMs, and everyone makes fun of us for saying it. 
everyone knows to fire Adam Gase. It is not that hard. He is it's garbage. Not Unfortunately for anyone who owns any Jets fantasy players, he is not fired yet. I do believe he'll probably get fired this season because they are going to suck butt. <laughs> but we have to talk about these players. Let's just start at the top. Sam Darnold. I'm yeah. Last year was a bit of a mess. He contracted mono. He had to play in Adam Gase's first year as a Jets coach. I think we expect Adam Gase to get fired. Maybe that opens the door for a better coach. Maybe this is a place where Eric Bieniemy ends up that. next year. I would love it, that. So all much. of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're talking about the Chiefs' offensive coordinator head coaching Sam Darnold, and they and they have a top pick and and trade that for a bunch of offensive weapons or the next great set safety after they just traded the one they had for a bunch of other picks. By the way, this team is rebuilding. Yes. Jamal Adams of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, do you think that Sam Darnold is actually a potential buy right now? I completely now, think Despite how awful he's going to probably be in 2020. Um, I I trust the talent. Um, he was fantastic in college, was quote-unquote pro-ready right out the gate. Um, you can't overstate what he's had to deal with. Adam Gase... Old mm. Le'Veon Bell, no wide receivers, missed time last year because of mono. Um, he's just had it rough. Had it rough. His O-line has been just atrocious. Arguably the worst weapons in the yes. NFL on top of having the worst coach. And one of the worst offensive lines. In yeah, a very it's tough been division. Horrific. It's and catching and, diseases from and, su- supposedly and, kissing chaos. And, like, it just keeps going. It yeah. keeps piling. He's a great buy right now. He's a talented kid. His situation, they're not going to give up on him. They're they're in on Sam Darnold for probably two more seasons, I would say. And they're going yeah. to give him a chance to succeed. At, at least one season with whoever replaces yes, Adam yeah, Gates. exactly. Maybe two. Yeah. Give him an innovative offensive coordinator. Um, put Eric Bieniemy there. Oh, I'd love that so much. Get a mm. new. Well, I'm just calling call it, now. it now. Eric Bieniemy to to the Jets. Week twelve. <laughs> no, they'll probably just have an interim. They probably won't right. steal Eric Bieniemy. Be, that's a, that's a, an off season. That's an trade or something. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I do agree that he's a buy right now. Super flex top fifteen quarterback. That fringe. I think that's high. I don't. I don't think that he cracks top fifteen for me. Um, top twenty, not in the not this year, but for, for dynasty. Dynasty, he's inside the top twenty. Maybe maybe okay, fifteen to twenty 18. range. Some somewhere in that all neighborhood. Right. I think that's pretty fair. Um, all right, let's talk about his weapons. They're still awful, but at least they're trying. Ish. Maybe they lost Robbie Anderson. Yeah, who was kind of actually one of the best. Well, when he was playing, one of the best players on the field for the Jets. At least one of the most dynamic. I won't even say one of the best. Now they then they went out and signed Prashad Perryman, and then they drafted Denzel Mims, who was a pretty big fantasy darling, yeah, actually. Yeah, Baylor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, really good prospect. This landing spot, obviously, not great for him, but... Let's start with him, I guess, because he's maybe the most intriguing dynasty a- asset. 
Is this landing spot just too terrible and you were completely out on Mims, or do you believe in his potential as a future wide receiver two-ish? I think he's got a pretty steep uphill battle to get there. Um, I don't know that I'm actively going out and buying Denzel Mims. I am absolutely not doing that, but I am setting myself a calendar reminder to do so after this season. Because the Adam Gase crap is going to continue. It is going to cover this team. They may as well be called the Browns. And then in week 12, they're going to fire him, have an, uh, an interim head coach that's also going to suck, and it's going to look terrible. And then maybe next year, maybe the year after that, once this new, once Eric Bianami <laughs> takes over and, and Denzel Mims has a chance, I think he could, the talent that we saw uh, at Baylor and the yeah. prospect that we were touting, I think could pan if out. If you so, have him, hold him. There's, there's no reason yes, to sell. If you don't, make a note. Yeah. Yeah, for the future. and go buy him dirt cheap. The other guys, yes, exactly. The other guys here, Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perryman. Jam- um, Brashad Perryman popped off at the end of last year. Do you believe that that's him, or do you believe that was a fluke? I'm going to take it in the, so in the YOLO Jameis Winston offense, surrounded exactly. by Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, where he was going against the, the nickel slot DB. Okay. Like, he's, he's not facing that again. Yeah. He had his chance. I don't think that uh, that breakout is anything no. to buy. If Laquan Treadwell did the same thing, I would I would have the same kind of reaction. It's like, sorry, you, five games does not change the horrific career of right. nothingness from same. you. Um, Jamison Crowder, however, may be more intriguing. Yeah. Listen, this guy is going to get targets and he's going to get catches because we just talked about the other two options and they're right. not doing it. Uh, for for this season, let's just focus on this season because he is a little bit older, 27. For this season, is he on your wide receiver two radar in PPR? Maybe top 25, 29? Yeah, he's, he's right in their fringe flex to wide receiver two. Okay. Um, Jameson Crowder, when you want 14 receptions for 39 yards, he's your guy. Um, he's yeah. solely PPR based. His average depth of target is probably going to be the the least in the entire NFL. Um, but he's going to get catches. And he's going to put up volume. And that will have its place in PPR. If you're starting three wide receivers and you have two flex spots. Yeah, Jamison Cotter is a guy that's probably going to crack that lineup. Um, because of the volume that he's going to get. It might be matchup dependent. I don't know that I'm going to start him every single week. Um, but he is going to get a lot of volume. And listen, this, despite the fact that their defense wasn't great last year, this defense is going to be so worse bad. this year. Arguably, maybe not even arguably, could be the worst in the entire NFL. So this team is going to have to throw the ball. I could see a very realistic possibility where Jamison Crowder is like 140 targets. Yeah. 80, 85 sure. catches plus. I'm fine with that. So even if, you, even if he averages 9, 10 yards per reception, which is completely Absolutely. realistic... That kind of target load in PPR is worth investing in. So, and again, 27, so not like he's got a couple years left. At PPR, if you're in a PPR Dynasty League and you're a top like, team, I like having Jameson, Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder roster. is going to feel disgusting to play every single week. You're going to be like, oh, man, really? Really? Uh, I just had to plug a, a jet, hole. I a guess I'll put Jets Jameson Crowder. Wide receiver. In. Really? That's what I'm going with? All right, fine. And then he's going to go. Jameson Crowder. 
is the best hole plugger in all of fantasy. He's a cork. He is cork a cork. Crowder. Jameson Crook Crowder. That's the new, that's the new there name. There you go. Um, all right. That's the wide receivers. Uh, the tight Herndon. ends. Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin. Any interest? Herndon, maybe. Um, I had a lot of injury issues last season. Um, and playbook issues. <laughs> a lot of issues all across the board. Uh, yeah. He's a guy that might be interesting from a long-term standpoint. I'm not giving up a um, lot to go get him, but yeah, entering his third year. Uh, by the way, 502 yards and four touchdowns as a rookie, yeah. pretty good for a tight end. So, and, and like you said, last year completely decimated by injury. So you could almost consider him a second year tight end. Going he's like into a redshirt sophomore. So I think he's got time to develop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't hate that. You know, if you uh, we've talked about our our tight end strategies, one of them is to stash a bunch of nobodies, even like not even the Jonu Smiths and the and the Ian Thomases of the world. Just stash a bunch of yeah. mans for three years down the line when they could do something. Chris Herndon fits perfectly in that mold. I love him being my fourth yeah. tight end. Don't have to worry about him at all. But he's there just. Hey, in case if he he's the out. new tight end for Eric Bieniemy, then sure. Hey, exactly, bro. The new Travis yep. Kelsey. Um, let's finish it up on the running wow. backs. Oh my what gosh! What a way to end this show. <laughs> the uh, this has to be the worst dynasty running back backfield in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore. Two. I uh, guess I'm gonna say it. Has hey, been. Hey, hey, Lamichael P. Ryan. I do, I hate to disrespect Frank Gore, but. He's not doing anything for no, you for fantasy, okay? All he does, and does it very well, is ruin the RB1's fantasy value. Yep. So that's what Frank Gore's here to do. And I didn't even I wasn't even interested in Le'Veon Bell's fantasy value before they brought in right. Frank Gore because I don't like Le'Veon Bell either. We've talked about this on the Red Shirts podcast for quite a while, even before John got here. I don't know if you've ever even heard me say this. Probably you have. But I don't even think Le'Veon Bell is a very good running back. He's been touted as elite. For many, many years because of what he did leeching off the Steelers system, that offensive line, Ben Roethlisberger quarterback, Mike Tomlin as a head coach, Antonio Brown eating up defenses. And we saw last year what he looks like on a bad team with a bad offensive line, and it is horrifically inefficient. Still finishes an RB2 because of the workload, but now Frank Gore is here to eat into that a little bit, maybe take away a couple goal line touchdowns of the three opportunities he's going to get anyways right. because his team sucks so bad. No interest for me in either of these guys or anybody in this running back room. Do you disagree? Do you have any interest maybe for this year at least in one of these players? No, but I will throw a dart on LaMichael P. Ryan. Oh, okay. Tell me about that briefly. Um, rookie out of Miami. Um, pretty decent, explosive. Mm -hmm. um, I like him. I, Very I, explosive. I think from a talent standpoint, at this stage in the career of the other running backs in that room, he's the most talented running back in the New York Jets backfield. Based Luke. on the, based on age, based on everything. I don't think at that's this crazy. Point right now, he's yep. the best running back on that team. So, I will throw a dart there if he is someone that's sitting deep, deep, deep down on my bench and. Le'Veon Bell gets hurt and he gets an opportunity for the early down work. Um, sure. I, I, I will take a, a deep dart throw on that for 
a year or two down the road. But I'm not giving more than a third for Lamar. And yeah, and another guy to put a flag on because it's Le'Veon Bell who they're paying a lot of money, and it's Frank Gore who manages to get carries no matter what wherever he goes. These guys are going to get the carries. Michael Pirine is, I don't think, going to do much of anything this year, no. despite the fact that I do also like his talent to a degree. So after he does diddly squat and pulls a Damian yep. Harris this year, go get him next year, just like we're talking about Damian Harris now, when Frank Gore has gone to yet another team. He's trying to hit all 32. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, that's, sure that's the goal. And, and Le'Veon Bell has been so bad that they've tried to trade him an offload. Watch, Frank Gore will be a Seahawk um, in 2024. It'll be great. Yep, yep. It's going to happen. John, it is... We have kept this episode under a hour and ten minutes. This is a bet length episode. This is good. I'm proud of this. We are straight balling out here. For all the people who were hoping for the two-hour episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> it didn't happen. Uh, but we are proud of ourselves, so hopefully you be, you will be as well. Um, NFC East, next pod. Bets, I everybody hope and pray, will be back because we'll be talking oh, the yeah. Eagles. Um, and the Washington football team and the very interesting situation going on there with the, you know, yeah. Darius guys being gone, who we covered in the news. So a lot, I would, and, and the Cowboys being one of the dynasty dar- darlings, probably in the entire NFL. Talk about like a change in this, tone from yeah. AFC East to NFC East is like yep. opposite a- end of the spectrum. As exciting a division as this one is yes. not and terrible. So something to look forward to. Hopefully all three of us back on the mic. Uh, check us all out on social mm-hmm. media at Matt Okada, at Dynasty Beard, at the Fantasy PT. Look forward to that pod because it's probably going to be a banger. Maybe that one will be our two-hour pod. Although if Betts is back, you know, you know how Grandpa Betts yeah. keeps us. He's got to be to bed. So He's got to be to bed. You know, eight o'clock so that he can get up for he that uh, five a.m. breakfast. We will see you for that exciting episode. Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.